1: women podcast for your career and your life no matter what business you're in hello and welcome to the northern power women podcast this is the be more you season and you know what happens you get into sort of that that new year or that new month and you kind of think oh I'm going to do something different this month and I'm going to take on something or give something up well we're quite sort of authentic over here about going just be yourself be your authentic self so in 2023 we're like don't give anything up don't Take anything up you don't want to be, especially more you. And that's what this year is all about for you. And we are looking forward to yet another crazy busy year. And we've got a brilliant program for International Women's Day, which is the first time I um, I heard our, our guest today. Uh, we've got webinars, we've got power circles, we've got power ups. So if you want to get involved, please do get in touch or find out all the information on our award-winning power platform at wearepower.net. And I am delighted to introduce you to our incredible guest, Uh, Holly is on the 2022 Northern Power Women Future List. Um, Holly tells me has literally just had her last day in work because Holly is about to become a mum for the first time. Holly works for the NHS as a clinical scientist and workforce lead in genomics, Uh, completed her undergrad degree in biological sciences at Oxford Uni and then went on to complete an MSc in medical genetics. She completed an NHS scientist training programme in 2019 and I love this because Holly is known across all her social media accounts as the scouse scientist and that's where I first I first came across Holly uh, and spends a lot of her time and passionately encouraging young girls to follow in her footsteps and achieve their goals and really 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 passionate about inspiring the next generation of women into science. Holly welcome to the podcast this week. Thank you, thanks for having me. And you talk about how important it is to provide young people with role models in science that they can relate to. You know we've just said that you know you refer to yourself as the scout scientist. Why are role models so important? And who were yours when you were growing up?
0: Um, so I think the key thing really is representation. So I'm a huge believer of if you can see it, you can be it. So if you can see someone that looks like you, sounds like you, um, you know, from a similar sort of background, um then obviously that's something you can relate to, and you feel like, oh well, if they can do it, then I can do it too. So I think that's just what's like so important. And the thing with scientists is often, a lot of the time, they're these sort of old stereotypical white middle-class male. um, And I just feel like how can young women relate to that sort of thing? And in terms of role models growing up, well, I've got sort of one scientific role model, which is Rosalind Franklin, who, if you don't know her, she was sort of involved in discovering the... um, structure of DNA. And after learning about her story in school, that's what first inspired me to um, sort of become a woman in science. And then from a personal level, I guess my mum was probably my biggest role model because it was just sort of me and my mum and my nan growing up. Um, and she always sort of inspired
1: me to to achieve whatever it was that I wanted to do. And I, I also love the fact that you rightly recognise yourself as a role model too, don't you? It's a it's a responsibility to be a role model.
0: Yeah, well that's exactly what I'm trying to I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to, you know, in this Instagram age where everyone's obsessed with the phones and social media, I just feel as though the only people on social media for young girls to look up to are sort of reality stars and um, you know, we're You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I follow them on my phone as well. That's absolutely fine. But I just wanted
1: to give something a little bit different for young people to look up to. And and you talked about, you know, when we talk about role models, it was important to um, see people, you know, that you think you could aspire to, but also hear people that sounded like you. Was that was that why it was so important for you to go out there and go, you know, I'm going to be the scout scientist. I am the scout scientist and I'm going to celebrate where I come from. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. So I think, you know, going to Oxford Junior and things like that, um, there was a bit of a, a pressure. Like, are you gonna change who you are? are you Are gonna change the way that you speak? Because obviously, not that many people down there did sound like me. Um, but I sort of made it my mission to to not change who I am and not change my accent because I feel as though your accent is it's part of you, it's it's who you are, it's where you're from, it's um how you were brought up. And I just feel as though you know why change that and I wanted to show people just be yourself and you can achieve whatever it is that you want don't feel
1: like you need to change who you are just to sort of pursue a particular career. And we have spoken to lots and lots of different women from different sectors who've talked about sort of this discrimination uh, about because of their regional accent, especially northern accent. I, you know, I was in the Royal Navy in my early years and when I went through to become an officer, I remember I remember I was thinking, oh gosh, you know, I don't think I was ever treated differently for being female, but there was it, it was in those days where the only accent was that BBC type of in you know that BBC accent. Have you had to overcome this and and any top tips out there for people listening to this going that's me that's me what do I do about it yeah so this is
0: I've, I've this has happened so many times especially when I was down at uni um and people you know they, they sort of hear your accent um and assume certain things about yeah you know st- stupid stereotypes um about your character or um how intelligent you might be just because you speak with a certain accent but as I said I just felt as though well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to I'm gonna stick to sound and the way I sound. I'm not gonna be pressured into sounding like anything else. And actually, um I think it's important to, yeah, just 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 be yourself and be proud of where you where you come from. You know, it is hard sometimes, you know, when you're surrounded by people who maybe are all talking a certain way. And, you know, straight away, especially with the Scouse accent, I felt down south people would go oh my god where are you from you know straight away the the amount of times even when I was in uni even just going to Tesco and people I'd start talking to someone at the till straight away it was like a huge thing the accent was like this massive deal and I didn't even really realize that I had a strong accent before I went down south because it just sounded like everyone else all my friends and family and um, so that was when I first sort of noticed it to be honest but I just think just just be yourself and actually turn it into a positive. And it's a great conversation starter. You know, in general, most people I've come across love Liverpool and they've got a story about it or they know someone there or they want to talk about the football. And I just think, to be honest, it it made me
1: stand out and it made people remember me. So I think just flip it into into a positive if you can. I love that. It's about being memorable, isn't it? You know, and, and again, it goes part of that being who you are, you know, so, and, and you're, you're also a woman in science as we, we talked about as well. Um, do you think the, you know, so much talk about STEM science, women in tech, women's in science and tech, you know, women in engineering, you know, do you, do you think the industry is, do you think it's changing or, you know? Yeah. So I think in terms of women in science, it's definitely getting a lot
0: better. Um, For the biological sciences that I'm obviously part of, it is a lot better than things such as sort of physics and maths. But I wrote a little piece um, a couple of years back that it wasn't just looking at sort of women in science. It was looking at um, women from working class backgrounds with regional accents, with who sort of went to state schools and that sort of whole demographic of women in science, so not just women in science, but the whole sort of um, demographic, um, and that actually is still relatively poor, and I think the main reason for that is because of the lack of role models in STEM from that sort of background. So even you know during COVID, especially, science was sort of thrown into the media, everyone was talking about science all of a sudden, but again, most of the time when we saw scientists on the telly, It was these white middle-class males with the sort of, you know, posh BBC accent that we were talking about. And again, it's just this lack of, of representation. And there are a lot of women like me. You know, I'm not the only Scouse scientist. I'm just, I'm representing a lot of women. But I don't think, you know, when we see scientists in the media... It's, it's not portrayed um, sort of correctly at all.
1: I know. And, and like you say, there's so many amazing role models out there, I think. And to be honest, that's why we do what we do, because we want to unearth. We want to unearth those amazing role models. We want, you know, whether it be our young girls and our young boys to look up and think, oh, my God, they're absolutely nailing it out there, doing amazing things. And, and talking about amazing things, you are about to become a mum for the first time. So congratulations, yes. live from your nursery. Thank you. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and how do you feel you talked about you you finished work last week how do you feel about this your career post baby you know it's a lot of often it's a time where women take stock of where they want to be what's next have you got you know what might I've got any concerns what I'm excited about yes so obviously I'm I'm very nervous about being a first-time
0: mum um but I'm very um, lucky that I've got a lot of support around me from my husband, my mom, and his mom, and family and friends and things like that. So I think you know I am very lucky in in that sense. But in terms of career, I am going to take a full year off work. That's off obviously off my sort of professional NHS role. But I think I'll still continue doing what I'm doing. You know things like this podcast in the background. Hopefully. I'll have, you know, probably, hopefully a bit more time. I don't know if I'm being a bit naive saying this. Maybe I am. But in my head, I feel like I might have a bit more time to focus on um, the scout scientists and, and building that up and doing things like podcasts and, and stuff like that, especially if my mum can babysit for, um, you know, for just a little half an hour here and there. So, uh, But I am looking forward to taking a full year off work. It's just so crazy because, obviously, like a lot of people you've gone from school to uni to a job to a training post and you know you've never really stopped so um I think that's going to be a bit hard to adjust to just you know that you're out of your normal routine aren't you and I'm quite a organized like strict routines person so I don't
1: know how I'll cope with that but hopefully hopefully we'll be okay every day's a learning day isn't it um, yeah and <laughs> you have talked very openly on social media about the impact of mis- miscarriage on your mental health and about the death of your nan Ada last year vulnerability is something that a lot of people struggle with but for me, it's something that I think really shows and resonates in great leadership and great behaviours. Why Why did you decide to open up about such um, really, you know, sort of very personal topics? So I think with the Skull Scientist platform, I do
0: really try and show obviously what I do in work and things like that. But I also try to show part of myself and my personal life as well, because I think that's important. It's important for young people to see that. Oh, she does have a life as well. She's got mates. She goes out. She, you know, she's got a normal life. She's not all about sort of work, work, work. So I think it's really important to showcase that. And um, in terms of like my nan and, and the miscarriage, they were huge, huge parts of of my life. That you know that happened, and I felt as though if I didn't share that, I was sort of hiding it for a reason. And I thought, what What's the point in hiding it? I'm trying to show. You know, real things happen, and you know maybe I'm not going to be on social media for a few months, and I've gone quiet. And, and and why is that? And just to sort of normalize it a bit more. And I guess in terms of my nan, um, you know, I'm always I was always talking about my nan all the time. I would say, "Oh, my mum and nan, they brought me up, and um, they were my biggest sort of cheerleaders." I guess so. She and even my nan was in some of my YouTube videos because I did one where like they were It was about um sort of Genes getting passed on from one generation to the next, and I had my nan passing something to my mum and passing something to me just to sort of represent that. Um, And loads of people used to comment saying, Oh, your nan's so funny in the videos and things like that. So I felt it was important to share that with everyone that she had passed away, and obviously it was a really difficult time. Um, but again I was just very lucky to to have had here and I think yeah it was important to to normalize that we all go through these things in life and it's good to talk
1: about them and did you get feedback from that I think sometimes like putting yourself out there it's like take that big deep breath in but did you get some positive feedback from you opening up
0: yeah so a lot of people reached out and um and and things like that and especially you know with with the miscarriage as well so that was sort of, at the time, I didn't sort of announce that I'd had a miscarriage because it it just didn't, I it didn't feel right and I didn't feel ready to talk about it. But then obviously when I got pregnant this time, I felt it was important to acknowledge that we had had a miscarriage last year as well. And because I think social media, you just see all the positives. Oh, I'm having a baby, and I was thought, no, I should acknowledge the fact that. It wasn't as easy as, you know, what social media might sort of make out to be. Um, And to be honest, when I said about having a miscarriage, the amount of people that messaged me and said, that happened to me too. That happened to me too. Even people I know and people that I was close with. And I thought, "Why why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't we talk about this? Um, so yeah it was a real eye-opener when I, when I posted that one.
1: And you found out you're expecting a girl and uh, you've already started using the hashtag mini scow scientist yeah. <laughs> I love that what what are your hopes and dreams for, for her for the future? Yeah mini scow scientist
0: um, I just thought that was a f- quite a funny one um, but to be honest I'm not going to push her into you know, one direction or another. Um, I was really into the performing arts when I was younger and I could have, you know, quite easily gone in that direction. Uh, My husband's a psychologist, so he's sort of into a a totally different area. Um, And I think all I will try and do is the same as what my mum did for me and just encourage them to pursue their dreams and whatever that may be, I don't mind, as long as they're happy and healthy um, and they do have, you know, goals and... um, the sort of you know inspiration, then I will do whatever I can to to support that, and I don't mind. Well, she doesn't have to be forced into science if she doesn't want to be.
1: Uh, she can be more hair, can't she? She can be. Yeah,
0: exactly. She can be herself.
1: Oh, Holly, I don't know where the time's gone. I really appreciate you joining me today on the podcast and sharing everything about you being that ultimate role model. You being you. You getting ready for this next uh next stage in your in your journey in your story. Thank you so much for opening up really appreciate you joining us today
0: thanks so much it's been really good thanks for having me
1: and we cannot wait to hear about Northern Power Baby aka Mini Scout Scientist um, (laughs) and, and hearing from you Holly again thank you so much and thank you all to listening to us today if you want to get involved please email us at podcast at Northern Power Women and join us on all of our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and at Northern Power Women and all the other ones and stay connected on our Power Platform which is currently undergoing major developments quite exciting i'm almost tech not science a little bit tech but please do get involved in all of our runway events including webinars and power-ups and thank you so much for joining us my name's simone and you've been listening to the northern power women podcast at what goes on media production